Whoever you are, wherever you come from, whomever you love, we welcome you. My name is Saul Flanner, and I'm joined this morning by my spouse, Kathy Walker, and our daughter, Kailani Walker, our music director, Ha Walker. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here. Together, we'll be leaving, leading today's service. Lay-led services are a time-honored Unitarian Universalist tradition. We believe that the Sunday service is best reflected in a variety of voices and experiences. We are glad to have you with us this morning. We hope you find something in the service today that nourishes your spirit and helps you find and keep your balance. Our minister, Reverend Stephen Prothman, will be back in the pulpit next week, August 25th. Our chalice lighting this morning comes from Let's Go for a Drive, An Elephant and Piggy Book by Mo Willems. Piggy, I have a great idea. Let's go for a drive. Let's go for a drive. That sounds fun. Drive, 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 drive. We light this chalice to begin our adventure together with enthusiasm, with love, and with a little dancing. On the road again I just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Like a band of gypsies we go down the highway We're the best of friends Insisting that the world keep turning our way And our way is on the road again I just can't wait to get on the road again the life I love is making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again. just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends I can't wait to get on the road again I can't wait to get on the road again I can't wait to get on the road again I have a confession to make even though I consider myself a nonconformist in many ways, the fact is, I'm a nonconformist with a real soft spot for traditions. <laughs> I'm not always the best at maintaining them, but I love the idea of rituals. The notion that engaging in a particular action has meaning beyond the action itself that simply by doing that thing we always do and doing it intentionally, we imbue it with the kind of intrinsic value all its own. I like that. When I was a young college student, I was a huge Rush fan. I loved the blistering guitar work of Alex Lifeson, the incomparable and flawless drumming of Neil Peart, and the falsetto wailing of Getty Lee. 
Rush has occasionally been called the thinking man's heavy metal. And I believed that I had found my people. The year that I turned 19, I worked a summer job soldering circuit boards for which I had to get up ridiculously early, like by seven. <laughs> and in a burst of genius and ingenuity, this is before uh, cell phones and that kind of thing, I used a mechanical timer to rig my stereo to switch on at 6.45 every morning. And every day, without fail, I and everyone else in the house woke up to the same song, The Spirit of Radio by Rush, the best band in the universe. Now, if you've never had the pleasure of listening to the thinking man's heavy metal at 6.45 in the morning, I guess you'll have to use your imagination. But I will share with you the first line of that song, which is forever imprinted on my brain, and which I still sometimes hear in my head upon waking. Begin the day with a friendly voice. And that summer in 1988, as I toiled at a job that wasn't everything I had hoped it would be, as I struggled to come to terms with who I was as a young adult, still feeling very much like a kid on the inside, it was a message I needed to hear repeated. Fast forward 30 years or so. Our family is already well into our most epic summer road trip to date. Each morning as we leave our hotel, load the car and get ready to begin the day's adventures, I always make sure to have this. <laughs> the biggest, pinkest, insulated mug of piping hot coffee, typically obtained from the hotel lobby before leaving. But I haven't taken a sip yet. Oh no, I'm waiting for that perfect moment. That moment when everything is packed Everyone is seated and strapped in. Our sunglasses and snacks are at the ready. The GPS is programmed. The course is laid in. We are ready to embark. Then and only then do I allow myself that first sip. Ah. It's hot and the steam fills my nostrils with a pleasant odor. It's caffeinated to help me stay alert. But it's more than that because that first sip doesn't taste like cheap hotel coffee. It tastes like freedom. It tastes like the open road and wonder and possibilities. It tastes like the start of a new adventure. This morning, I invite you to take a sip from this metaphorical cup. Feel the warmth as it flows through your body as we prepare to embark. I invite you to begin the day with a friendly voice. Come, let us worship together. Our road trip. Yay, but I think we're going to need some help. What do you think we're going to need? You cannot go for a drive. We might get hungry on the road. We need snacks. I have the snacks. Wait, we're going to need to record our travels. We need a journal. I have the journal. Wait. We have so much stuff to pack, we need a suitcase. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have the suitcase. Wait. What about animal friends? Two. Only two animal friends. Four? That looks like six to me. Fine, seven. Giraffe a gig. <laughs> okay, I think that's everything. Excellent. Oh, wait just a second. <laughs> ah. Yes, please. Oh. <laughs> Kailani, Kailani, are we going on another road trip? Yes. 
Where are we going? I'm so excited. Kansas, to Granddad's house. Oh, I love Granddad's house. <clears throat> I hereby call this meeting to order. Yay, a meeting, yay! <laughs> meeting? What meeting? We're not having a meeting, Kebab. This is a road trip. Right. It's a road trip, and this is a meeting of the Gabob fan club. I assume that's why you called the meeting. I didn't call the meeting. You did, Gabob. Uh, as president of the Gabob fan club, you call the meetings. I've told you before, Gabob, I'm not the president of your fan club. Sure you are. We, everybody agreed that you'd be the best one for the job. Gabby, Gabby for president. Gabby, where are we going? We're going to Kailani's granddad's house. Is this your first road trip? Yes, I'm scared. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We love road trips. We're on an adventure. There's no need to be scared. Gabby's right. I will protect you all. You don't need protection on a road trip. It's kind of like we're playing boat at home. You know, you remember how we like to do that, right? We, we can even pretend this is our boat, and, and the other cars are, are sea creatures. Yeah, wow. Look at that orca. An orca, just like me. Exactly. Look, there's a lemon shark. Ooh. I see a Dumbo octopus. Nice. Hey, there's a narwhal, just like me. Just like you? Yeah, a unicorn. See my horn? <sighs> Kailani, I think I need a break from being Gabby. No. Didn't you bring some books to read, sweetheart? Yes. yes, but I don't feel like reading right now. Can I play on the iPad? No. no. <laughs> What can we do? We? Yes. Well, we could talk about what you want to say in the Time for All Ages during the service we're leading in August. What? <laughs> you said you wanted to help us with the Time for All Ages. What are we going to say about road trips? What? <laughs> the Time for All Ages. Remember the service we're leading? It's about road trips. You wanted to help. Kailani, did you hear your mom? Yes. Well? well what? what do you want to say about road trips? Why are they important to our family? They're fun. We're all together. And I like when you are Gabby and Gabob. <laughs> Good. I like that we're all together, too. And you know, when we're on a road trip, I always feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And we get to discover new things, like when we stop someplace we've never been before. That's right. We don't always know what we're going to see and learn on the way. It's always a new adventure. A choose-your-own-adventure. Sure. You know, I also like that we have to work together on our adventures to overcome any challenges we might face. Like when you got that bad ticket because you were going too fast. <laughs> Because we make him feel better after it happened? No, because I help him by telling him what the speed limit is. Oh. <laughs> Great. Great. Mama, tell Giraffe Gig that he can be in the Time for All Ages at church. Giraffe Gig, you can be in the Time for All Ages at church. Hmm. What happened? He fainted. <laughs> And on that note, I hereby declare this meeting of the Gabob Fan Club adjourned. You are all dismissed. Wait, wait, just the kids, Gabob. Well, oh, right. Just the kids are dismissed. Uh, wait, can we do that thing where we sing them out? Sure, Gabob. The kids can go on our second time through the song. Yay! Each book in the Choose Your Own Adventure series popular in the early 80s, started with a warning to the reader. 
Do not read this book straight through from the beginning to the end. These pages contain many different adventures. From time to time, as you read along, you will be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. Remember, you cannot go back. Think carefully before you make a move. One mistake could be your last, or it may lead you to fame or fortune. As the reader, you already know this warning is a lie. You can, in fact, go back to the last choice you made, to the page before that choice, or even to an earlier point in the story. You can start over from the beginning, once a choice brings you to the end of that particular storyline, too. And that's one of the joys of a choose-your-own-adventure story, right? That power to begin anew. Of course, real life, or even a road trip, isn't like a choose-your-own-adventure story. Even when you can return to a previous crossroads, all that happened as a result of your original choice still happened. Upon returning to the fork in the road, you may discover the same opportunities no longer exist on the route you didn't take. Or maybe the traveling companion who took that turn with you is no longer there helping you navigate the way. And yet, as a people, I think Unitarian Universalists believe in the do-over, or at least in the try-try-again. It's one of the joys of being a Unitarian Universalist, right? The power to begin anew. Please join me now in the spirit of prayer. Spirit of life, spirit of love, patron of all travelers, keeper of the great North Star, protector of the Mother Road. The journey that has led us to this place, this moment, has been long. Many crossroads, many choices lie behind us, and many more lay ahead. Be with us as we stand here on the precipice, this great continental divide between past and present. Whisper in our ear, reminding us to savor this moment, these people, our traveling companions, to revel in their endless possibilities before moving on. Help us to navigate as we traverse the many side roads and hidden byways. Hold our hands gently but firmly as we venture into unfamiliar territory. And when the time for coddling has passed, give us the necessary shove and the necessary courage to plunge headlong into tomorrow, braving the great unknown. Amen. Typically at this point in the service, Saul or I would share a reading of our choice, but this service is a choose-your-own-adventure, so for this morning's reading, you have a choice to make. You should have gotten a gratitude journal when you came into the sanctuary, but if you do not have a journal, please raise your hand and we'll bring you one. If you want us to share an excerpt of Reverend Susan Manker Seals' chapter in Everyday Spiritual Practice, we want you to show us the blue side of your journal. If you want us to share an essay by Sensei Alex Kakuyo, published online in the Tattooed Buddha, show us the yellow side of your journal. Oh. Pretty overwhelmingly. All right, so in accordance with our fifth UU principle, the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process, it appears the yellows have it. Unexpected Zen on a Road Trip by Sensei Alex Kakuyo. My eyelids are getting heavy as I drive down the interstate. The lack of sleep is starting to catch up with me. I try all of the usual tricks to stay awake. I roll down the windows, play loud music, consume energy drinks until my chest burns. But none of it helps. I do some quick math and calculate that I have about three more hours on the road before I get home. There's no way I'll make it at this rate, so I make the decision to pull over for a nap. But this leads to a new problem. I'm traveling through a stretch of country where the landscape is dominated by forests and abandoned farms. As a result, Highway exits are few and far between, so I'm on the verge of falling asleep at the wheel with no way to get off the interstate. It doesn't look good. Something's gotta give, I whisper quietly. 
Suddenly, I see a blue and white sign on the side of the road, and a feeling of relief floods my body. The sign says, rest area, one mile. I pull into the rest area and park. There is a small brick building in the middle which appears to house restrooms and several vending machines. The building is surrounded by a large grassy area with several large trees and picnic tables. Without another thought, I set my phone alarm, lean my car seat back, and surrender to exhaustion. When the alarm sounds one hour later, I feel completely refreshed. As I drive out of the rest area, I look around one last time. There isn't a single piece of trash anywhere to be seen, and the grass is perfectly cut. I make a mental note to include the groundskeepers in my chanting tonight. But then another thought occurs to me. What about the construction workers? After all, someone had to build this place. That being said, none of the construction would have been possible without the taxpayers who funded the project or the politicians who gave it a green light. I make a mental note to chant for the health and well-being of all of these people. But as I continue driving, the thoughts keep coming. The landscapers who planted the trees, the cement company who installed the parking lot, even the people who use the rest area each day without trashing it, all played a part. But that's not the end of it. None of this could have happened without the people who built the highway I'm driving on or the car I'm riding in. The more I think about it, the more I realize that every human being on the planet has assisted me in some way, shape, or form on my journey. Without their help, I wouldn't be able to visit with family or travel between cities. And who knows what would have happened if they hadn't given me a place to sleep. A warm feeling of gratitude fills my body as I think of how fortunate I am. I live on a planet where all life is interconnected and all of it is working for my benefit. Who could ask for more? And now you have another choice to make. If you want us to sing, I walk the unfrequented road, show us the blue side of your journal. If you want us to sing, where do we come from, show us the yellow side of your journal. Ooh, a little more evenly matched. I'm gonna say the blues have it. <laughs> Saul, Kailani, and I became a family almost 8,000 miles from here. Our first road trip was a three-hour drive from Guangzhou to Yangjing and back again. We were quite surprised by how well the six hours on the road together went. As there was no car seat, Saul and I passed Kailani back and forth between us while our, while our driver and translator sat in front, working together to get us where we needed to go. When Kailani wasn't sleeping, she was giggling. This was quite a change from her demeanor on previous trips in the van. We brought Kailani home to Ohio in July 2011. A month later, I was sitting outside the church on a bench while Saul gave out hugs and showed off our daughter. We had yet to return to services but missed our beloved community, so we were there for the social hour. I was talking to Kathy Kearns when I mentioned I wanted to take a road trip to Indianapolis to meet my brother Randy and his family who would be there for a gaming convention. But I know it's crazy, I said, to drive five hours one way with an 11-month-old. We haven't been home that long. She's still getting used to being in a car seat. We'd be spending the night in a strange place. Kathy said, no, 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 you should do it, definitely. We loved traveling when our boys were that little. Just take your time on the road. <laughs> It'll be fun, she said. Actually, she was not wrong. It was fun. There were a few tears from that trip, but we discovered Kailani loved rest areas. And it was good preparation for our very next road trip taken in December that same year. We drove to Kansas where more family members awaited us, many of whom were eager to meet Kailani for the very first time. Those road trips so early in our life together cemented our identity as a road-tripping family, an identity Saul and I had been cultivating since before we were married almost 23 years ago. I tried to, tried to add up how many road trips we've taken together and couldn't come up with an estimate. Do we count the short in-state journeys or only the big multi-state trips? How far does a drive have to be to count as a road trip? For example, Earlier this summer, driving home from visiting with some friends in Akron, Kailani asked from the back seat, how much longer until we get home? We were on Middlebury, so not far from home at all. 
I said as much to her. She sighed. I wish it was longer. I like being in the car. Me too, I said. We're kind of our best selves in the car, I think. We didn't go straight home, agreeing instead to stretch out the drive, take the scenic route, windows down, our best selves enjoying the journey for just a bit longer. Our road trips may not always be so idyllic, but they have become a spiritual practice for our family, a spiritual practice that sustains us whatever challenges we face at home and in the wider world. But what is a spiritual practice? According to Scott Alexander, editor of Everyday Spiritual Practice, intentionality, regularity, and depth are its hallmarks. What shapes your efforts into an everyday spiritual practice, he writes, is your commitment to making the activity a regular and significant part of your life. Intentionality, regularity, and depth. This resonated with me as I thought about our biannual extended road trips, as well as the shorter drives we enjoy as a family. In Let's Go for a Drive, Elephant and Piggy make a plan. And much like our family, in the time for all ages that they inspired, Elephant and Piggy gather what they think they need for their drive, a map, sunglasses, umbrellas, and bags. Make a plan and stick to it is what I say. Elephant and Piggy are intentional as they prepare for their drive. Being intentional, I, being intentional, I talk about being intentional. Being intentional in, as families in Building Family Strengths, a class I teach at Kent State University. According to William Doherty, marriage and family therapist, family scientist, and a Unitarian Universalist since 1978, strong families practice intentionality. In an intentional family, members create a plan, a plan for maintaining and building their family ties, and they implement that plan as best they can. Essentially, an intentional family is a ritualizing family. In these families, members connect with each other and they enact their values or become their best selves through everyday family rituals, seasonal celebrations, special occasions, and community involvement. Doherty argues that activities become rituals when they are coordinated, intentionality, repeated, regularity, and meaningful, depth. These rituals or everyday spiritual practices encourage our spiritual growth and give us the opportunity to search for our own truth and meaning, our third and fourth UU principles, respectively. And so for our family, road trips are a spiritual practice. They are intentional, they are regular, and they help give our lives depth and meaning. Your own rituals may not require a map, snacks, or 3,000 miles on the road, Reverend Manker Seal reminds us, we do not have to fit ourselves to someone's prescribed discipline in order to feel we are being spiritual. Our individual situations will define the tools we choose to use if we take the time to listen to ourselves and know our joys and yearnings. Our joys and yearnings. Some of our best road trips have started out as a mere yearning spoken aloud. Last summer, my dad flew out to Ohio to take care of me after a hysterectomy. My mom had died eight months prior, and having been her caregiver for the last few years of her life, he was at loose ends. After I'd fully recovered, we drove him back to Kansas by way of Philadelphia. <laughs> Not the usual route, you might argue, but perfect for our road-tripping family. We stayed a few days in Kansas with my dad before heading back to Ohio, and while we were there with him, dad tried to describe the only book he ever read from cover to cover. I knew my dad was not a reader, but this flabbergasted me. A single book? Seriously? Only one? Ever? He said, I do big book reports using the book flaps, or sometimes I'd find the text as a comic book and read that version. My dad couldn't remember the title of this single magical book, but recalled it was narrated by a retired Air Force colonel who traveled across Canada hauling a trailer. My brother Scott could remember dad reading it to himself and laughing out loud and then talking about it with mom chapter by chapter. An online search ensued and we finally found The Two-Ton Albatross by William C. Anderson. Its lengthy subtitle was on the book's cover, across a transcontinental highway in a travel trailer with two kids, two guppies, a miniature orange tree, a lobster named Hub, Hud, a St. Bernard dog, and a claustrophobic wife. <laughs> Dad purchased a copy and read it again, cover to cover. And then, 
my 78-year-old dad went to the library where he got his first ever library card and picked out another book to read cover to cover. I think my mom, an avid reader, her entire life would have been flabbergasted, but also very, very pleased. Before we left last year, I told dad he'd better get a passport because his next summer road trip might have to be a transcontinental road trip across Canada with a daughter, a son-in-law, a granddaughter, and two dozen plush animal friends. He said, as long as we don't have to haul a travel trailer. A yearning spoken aloud. Before the end of that year, Dad had his first ever passport. And this summer, we made that trip across Canada. In spiritual practice, we find renewal, the power to begin anew, to make connections, to be our best selves. Each road trip we take becomes a memory, a series of memories, really. My mom was no big fan of road trips or traveling in general, but she knew my dad liked visiting new places, especially historical sites. So it's impossible to drive with my dad from Kent, Ohio, to Valley Center, Kansas, by way of Montreal, Ottawa, and Winnipeg, without remembering other trips with him and my mom, to DC, to Gettysburg, to Little Bighorn. But those memories can be bittersweet, a painful reminder of our loss. I miss my mom's presence, her laughter, her voice. I miss teasing her. I miss seeing her and Kailani together. And I miss my dad's silliest self, a rarer treat since my mom's death. But those memories, captured in the photos we share, in the stories we tell, they bring me joy, too. Her love for family, for my dad, fills me up, makes me who I am. We clock new miles without her, but somehow my mom is still in the car with us. And there are others there too, whose names we say aloud, whose stories have become a part of the memories we share with one another on the road. Remember when Randy worked so hard to win over Kailani as we hung out together in that hotel in Kansas City? Remember when we drove from Pittsburgh to Kent with Kai, and we made up that game, competing with each other to see who could write the most esoteric artist statement. Remember when Julie helped us take the seat out of the Ford Festiva to make room for our sleeping bags so we could all go camping in Texas? Remember exploring Chicago with your cousin Kyle in search of a fountain, only to discover it was still dry for the winter? Remember when your grandpa Madison let us borrow his van and we drove to Colorado for spring break? Remember when I drove out to Colorado with my niece Danny so we could spend time with Lorraine and her daughter? Remember, remember? Between road trips, life's challenges can threaten to overwhelm, but intentional, regular, and meaningful rituals, our spiritual practices sustain us through those challenges. Sometimes, even when the ritual itself is interrupted by tragedy. In 2016, on a drive back to Kansas for my oldest brother Randy's memorial service, our brother by choice, Kailani's uncle and namesake, died unexpectedly. We got a phone call on the road. We cut our trip short, and we headed back to Ohio to face yet another loss. That drive home was one of the most difficult I can ever remember making. And to whom did we turn in those hours on the road? Our beloved community. Although at times lost in our own raw grief, we took turns on the way back to Ohio, checking in, mostly by text, with everyone who loved Kai, but also who loved us, and we were surrounded. Our spiritual practices sustain us by giving our life meaning when nothing makes sense anymore. Intentional, regular, meaningful ritual connects us to those we love, 
On the road, we visit with friends and family members whose geographic distance make our visits few and far between. On the road, we text our progress to those loved ones who miss us when we're away. On the road, we post photos online to share our travels with our larger community. On the road, we make memories to share again and again and again. And we are grateful for those memories. Reverend Manker Seal says her spiritual practice includes recognizing moments to pause and appreciate what is before her. She explains, I probably wouldn't even have considered this a spiritual practice except that I've been learning to redefine the meaning of what is spiritual and to ponder for myself what is important in my faith. Our spiritual practice allows us to enact our values, specifically a spirit of gratitude, not unlike that of Sensei Alex Kikuyo, whose visit to a rest area to take a nap evokes a warm feeling of gratitude when he realizes how fortunate he is to live on a planet where all life is interconnected. In our case, a ritual within a ritual gives us the opportunity to record our memories and to express our gratitude. On every road trip, we take journals, each of us with blank pages waiting to be filled. On our road trip across Canada, Saul brought his journal to breakfast every morning, asking us each to name a moment from the previous day for which we were grateful. He faithfully recorded these for our family, intentional, regular, meaningful. In preparation for today's service, I flipped through Saul's little journal. The objects of our gratitude ranged from eating a limited edition Canada Day Cheetos <laughs> to visiting my mom's memorial brick recently installed at the Valley Center Public Library. Over the course of our 24 days together, all four of us expressed appreciation for time spent with family and friends. We also cited the many attractions we saw on our trip, the Pez Visitor Center, the Salem Witch Museum, the first people's pictographs on the eastern shore of Lake Superior, the Assiniboine Zoo in Winnipeg, and the gorgeous landscapes of New England, Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, and the Dakotas. Many of Kailani's newly acquired plush animal friends also made our list. <laughs> for all of these memories, we are forever grateful. Reading through Saul's gratitude journal, I was struck most by the days we mentioned special conversations in the car. One in particular centered on our Unitarian Universalism. Having observed the faith traditions of other families this summer, Kailani had taken a keener interest in what we believe and what we don't believe. We talked at length about our road trips and spiritual well-being and gratitude and also why grown-ups might like to pretend to do magic. She described Reverend Stephen as someone who knows how to talk to kids and is funny. Our director of religious education, Colleen Teeley, as someone who understands what kids really like. And our music director, Hal Walker, as a pretty zen guy with a relaxing voice who knows a lot about music. And on the Sunday after our road trip, I watched her walk inside our church like I've seen other children enter this building, secure in the knowledge she is loved here, confident that this is her church, that she is right where she belongs, and excited to begin her day with a friendly voice. Kailani has claimed this place, a spiritual home where she can connect with others, enact her values, and strive to be her best self. And for that, we are forever grateful. Saul and I became Unitarian Universalists when we were in our early 30s. We started leading services in 2004 on almost an annual basis. Intentional, regular, meaningful. Three years ago, I was planning to submit a service proposal related to road trips as a spiritual practice after an epic summer road trip our family took to Washington State. But when our worlds were rocked by the deaths of our brothers that, that fall and by my mom's death a year later, I wondered if I ever could stand in the pulpit again with any joy. Here I am. Here we are. Finding the joy in this beloved community, in this time-honored spiritual practice, 
Gratitude, connection, renewal. Spiritual practices give us something to hold on to in troubled times. Respite from our grief, yes, but also from the exhaustion we feel in the face of current events in the wider world. So I invite you now to consider your own spiritual practices, to discover the rituals that work for you, to choose your own adventure, to find your joy, and to begin this week anew. Amen. Kathy and I are keenly aware of the privilege our skin color, education, and income afford us. And we struggled with the wisdom of leading a service focused on taking road trips of our own choosing while others are fighting for their very lives in arduous journeys across our country's southern border. Ultimately, we decided a service intended to renew the spirits of those advocating for marginalized people around the world was an endeavor worth undertaking. And gratitude for a community that recognizes the need for respite, gives us opportunities to build our resiliency, encourages us to evaluate our own biases, and calls us to be the change we wish to see in the world. The offering will now be gratefully received. If you are a guest, we invite, oh, we invite you to take a bookmark from the basket as our gift to you.
so you have another choice to make. I have some really awesome closing words prepared for you with some images that we've chosen, worked hard on, not to, not to influence your vote or anything. But you, uh, if you're ready for me to do a shorter version, you can hold up the blue side of your journal. If you want to hear all the hard work that we did, <laughs> all right, great. The yellows have it. And I have not forgotten your invitation to go on a road trip today, a choose-your-own-adventure. And that's what closing words are right for, right? To send you off into the wider world, to start your week with a friendly voice. So let's do it. Let's go for a drive. Drive, you drive, you drive, drive, drive. You are a world explorer, a seeker of truth and meaning. Intrigued by the invitation you received, you came today eager to learn more and curious about what you might find if you go on the advertised road trip. You're impressed by how many people can be accommodated by the vehicle you've been assigned. And please, so many from your community will be traveling with you. You participate in a few rituals, most of which are familiar to you. You're enjoying yourself so far. There is a monitor in front of you. You've been watching the images flash on and off the screen. They visually reinforce what you've been hearing. But now you notice a map of the United States on the screen. Two states appear to be highlighted. You listen carefully to the instructions by one of the trip's organizers and select the state you wish to visit. If you choose Ohio, show us the blue side of your journal. If you choose Kansas, show us the yellow side of your journal. All right, the yellows have it. You immediately regret your decision. <laughs> a, a countdown clock emerges in the corner of the monitor and you are told you have just under two hours to reach your destination. Clearly, you will not have enough time for a trip to Kansas. This doesn't seem right. Kansas was never really a choice at all, you think to yourself. You consider issuing a complaint, but before you can act upon this urge, you notice your current destination has been identified. According to the monitor in front of you, you are heading to East Liverpool. <laughs> you check your GPS and learn that East Liverpool is one hour and 15 minutes away via I-76. We can make it, you say to yourself. But then a member of your party complains loudly about being hungry. You point her to the snacks provided, but she claims a snack will not be enough. For the first time, you realize you are hungry too. You see a McDonald's ahead of you to the right. Your traveling companion points it out as well. Stop there, she cries loudly in your ear. If you choose to make a quick stop at McDonald's before moving on to East Liverpool, show us the blue side of your journal. If you choose to press onward toward East Liverpool, insisting again that a snack will be enough to satisfy any hungry travelers, show us the yellow side of your journal. Uh, that's tougher. I'm going to go with the yellow. <laughs> a loud wail erupts from the back. It is persistent and clearly a result of you passing up the opportunity to stop at McDonald's. The crying gets louder and louder and louder and you are developing a headache. You realize you have made a huge mistake. But what choice do you have if you want to reach East Liverpool on time? Come on, you have plenty of choices. And not just because this is a choose your own adventure, this is America. You see a billboard, another McDonald's, just ahead two miles. <laughs> You don't want to lose the time, but you're only human. You've got to make the noise stop, and they have salad there, right? You're not sure how important it is that you reach your destination before the countdown clock runs out, but you are feeling some pressure to achieve your goal. After your stop at McDonald's, you know what you have to do. If you choose to increase your speed to what you deem a reasonable amount over the limit, show us the blue side of your journal. If you choose to take a shortcut, you remember taking on another road trip, show us the yellow side of your journal. so even. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with blue this time. Well, duh, that was a mistake. No sooner has the monitor indicated you are making up lost time, you hear the familiar sounds of a police siren behind you. You dutifully pull over amidst loads of commentary from your traveling companions. You try to ignore them. The police officer is polite, but not in a hurry. 
Eventually, you were able to get back on the road, but now you're facing a time crunch, a real time crunch. You press on, wondering what there is to see in East Liverpool when the monitor gives you the specific location you're trying to reach, the Museum of Ceramics. <laughs> of course, it was featured in Doll Bones, written by Holly Black. Ever since you read the book, you've wanted to view the museum's extensive collection of dinnerware, art pottery, and ceramic utilitarian ware. The life-size dioramas illustrating the pottery production process sounds especially fascinating. You suddenly understand the time crunch. The museum will be closing soon. But it can't be a very large museum. Surely if you get there a few minutes before closing, you can get a sense of what it's all about, right? You glance at the monitor. 20 minutes remain. But look, you found East Liverpool. The museum must be close. There it is. You're in luck. There's plenty of street parking available. You hurry your traveling companions out of the vehicle. You've done it. The museum is still open for another 15 minutes. If you choose to enter the museum because you believe you'll have just enough time to sprint through its exhibits, show us the blue side of your journal. If you choose not to enter the museum because you'd rather view the exhibits when you have more time available, show us the yellow side of your journal. That time the blues have it. You enter the museum with your traveling companions behind you. It's quiet inside until you hear the quick footsteps of the museum's curator approaching you. We're closing, she tells you. You weakly protest. I'm sorry, you'll have to come back another time. We're closing right now. You can't visit the museum today. You mumble something about having 15 more minutes, but your traveling companions are already turning around, embarrassed to have shown up to the museum so late in the day. More firmly, the curator tells you to leave again. You are chagrined, but exit the museum as requested. You don't get back in the car right away. Instead, you find yourself drawn to exploring the building's exterior. <clears throat> you walk around its old walls, taking photographs of interesting textures and compositions. You recall the plot of doll bones and share it with your traveling companions. Together, you laugh about your mad dash to a closed museum. You promise each other you'll return someday to view the museum's exhibits. Back in the car, you see a new image on the monitor. The end. <laughs> Intentional families have the discipline to stick with good rituals and the flexibility to change them when they're not working anymore. At the end of Let's Go for a Drive, Elephant and Piggy discover they have no car. Elephant is decidedly upset until Piggy comes up with another plan. Sometimes you have to choose another adventure. I have a confession to make. Our family is not always our best selves on the road or even here at church. We sometimes make the wrong choice. But that's the wonder of being you, you, right? We embrace the do-over, we try, try again, and we begin anew. Thank you to all of you. Go in peace, go making peace, knowing that you are loved and that our journey together has just begun. Amen. <laughs>